Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. On today's episode of Cheating, When Love Lies. When I was growing up, a hall pass was the thing you needed in middle school to leave class and go to the bathroom. That's not what a hall pass is anymore. Today's definition is a lot sexier. According to my guest, a hall pass lets you cheat without being called a cheater. Let's you explore without having to explain. Let's you have sex with someone else without getting X'd out of your relationship. It's time to get schooled on the hall pass with my guest, relationship coach, and top-selling author, Stacey Herrera. Stacey, I first found out about your work from an article you had written about a, quote, hall pass where your friend's husband asked her if he could have one. What is a hall pass and how does it work? A hall pass would kind of be like permission to sleep with someone else. And in in her case, it was a permission to sleep with someone else while he was traveling for business. There was also a movie called Hall Pass, if I remember correctly, a comedy. Oh, and I doesn't think, sound funny to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think Nightmare. Jason Sudeikis was in it. I could be getting that wrong, but it was a comedy about like these guys, their wives went away and they were like, oh, I have a hall pass for the weekend or whatever. And all the shenanigans that came with that. Okay, well, I'll have to look that up. So in your friend's case, was she surprised that her husband asked her? Okay. Totally. She didn't see it coming. And um, he had not expressed any dissatisfaction. And he wasn't expressing dissatisfaction when he asked. I think it was just more of a, like, I'm away on business a lot. And sometimes I kind of get an itch. And is it okay for me to scratch it? Had he ever scratched his itch before? Not that I'm aware of and not that she disclosed anyway. And so he asked for this Paul pass. How often would it happen? He traveled for business. Um, if I remember correctly, at least a couple of times a month, I don't know if he was specific about how often he wanted to be, or if it was just kind of this open ended, I get to have a hall pass whenever, you know, whenever I'm away kind of thing. And she wasn't happy about it. What's the difference between a hall pass and a one night stand? Permission. Okay. <laughs> the the difference is, you know, a one night stand and not, not to say that a one night stand can't happen with, per, with express permission from a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, you know, when people do one night stands, it's kind of like this one-off thing that they, if they're in a relationship that they probably don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Whereas with a with a hall pass, it's kind of like, it's preemptive. It's like, before I do this thing, I want to share that I'm interested in doing this. And, you know, do I, you know, have your consent to pursue this thing? You're a relationship coach. You talk to hundreds of people, probably thousands of people. Why do people want the hall pass? What's missing? Is it purely sex or something else? 
You know, I think it varies. Um, I, in my experience, personally and professionally, mm. cheating is typically almost never about sex. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times people don't realize what they're actually chasing. And that really boils down to us being very we're out of practice with actually feeling our feelings. So sometimes people can't name the thing that is going on. And especially if it's a long-term relationship and maybe, you know, passion has waned, which is normal. Right. And maybe they settled into this kind of more Routine. companionship that there is, you know, there is less desire, or at least that's what it seems like. And so people often think that that means that the spark has gone out of the relationship. When I think what usually that means is that hormones kind of settle down. And, you know, like when we first get together with someone, there's a lot of biological things that are happening. We think that they're heart things. We -hmm. think that they're head things, but really, There's hormonal things that are happening. And this hormonal cocktail is surging through your system. And when something is new, it's like when you get a new car, like you want to drive all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And then after a couple of months, you're now wears off. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like, you know, this car is nice, but you don't feel that same level of high that you felt when you first got it. And relationships are no different. And so a lot of times when people think like, oh, the spark has left the relationship, what they really don't understand is that they just mean that their their hormones have kind of leveled out. And now things are kind of at this, you know, baseline. Mm -hmm. And that's often mistaken. And when you settle into that space of more of the companionship and in this space, it's like, I trust this person. You know, I love this person. This person is at least showing consistency, like they're here. Mm-hmm. And when we get familiar with things, it's easy to take, take them for, for granted. Yes. So your friend was shocked and she ended up saying yes or no. To the hall pass. She said no, which I didn't mention in the article. She said no. She said and no. She Did said she no. say no right then and there, or was it, I need to think about this, honey? Um, I think she said no, and she still thought about it. And because, mm-hmm. you know, when we talked about it, she was kind of in that space of, I don't want this, but I also don't want to lose my husband. Mm-hmm. And he didn't present it like an ultimatum and he didn't present it like, you know, if you don't say yes to this, I'm out of here. It wasn't that. But right. that's where her mind went. It was an earnest discussion. OK, do we believe that this man did not go ahead and do it anyway? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. They did go to therapy after and they appear to be OK now. Um, I haven't asked her about it, but they appear to be OK now. But I don't I didn't get the feeling and I've never got the feeling from him that he's the type of person to not keep his word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that but though, I think that the conversation, while it was uncomfortable and while it did put them in a very unpleasant space for a good length of time, I think it also it. It also helped a lot because, you know, it kind of opened her eyes to some of the ways that she wasn't showing up. And also for him, like some of the ways that he wasn't showing up, because I think in their case, which is often the case when it comes to cheating, what they were really lacking was intimacy. Mm -hmm. 
emotional intimacy, the cuddling, mm-hmm. or do you mean the conversations about their feelings, their intimate feelings or both? All of it, all of it, you know, because I, I think, well, you know, we mistakenly as a culture use intimacy interchangeably with sex mm-hmm. and sometimes sex is intimate, but it's not always intimate and right. intimacy does opposite. not require <laughs> sex, right? It doesn't yes. require sex to happen. And there are a lot of people that they feel like, well, you know, you're in a vulnerable position when you're, you, when you're having sex, you know, most of the time you're naked, there are no pockets, like you can't hide stuff. Right. And people mistake that for transparency, but that's not always the case. You do, again, you get those feel good hormones happening. And so you feel closer to someone, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's a long-term partner when you are having sex, but that does not necessarily mean that intimacy is happening because in this case, there had been a lot of conversations that weren't being had with relationship to how they were feeling and this feeling of loss, you know, the grief of the relationship you used to have where you Mm -hmm. could just look at each other and want to tear each other clothes off. You know what I mean? Like, but were they they still having sex? They were, but not as frequently, you know, which Mm -hmm. again, and, and it's, then it's like, not even, it's not realistic to think you're going to have sex the same level as when you get together with someone. Mm-hmm. But I think as you as you grow in a relationship, you also kind of need to redefine what sex is, because sometimes, you know, especially in heterosexual relationships, sex means penetration. But mm-hmm. that's not that's one kind of sex. And so I think like when there's intimacy, sometimes there are other kinds of sex that you could have that Mm -hmm. maybe don't take as much out of you because, you know, sometimes it's a whole thing to have penetrative sex, but maybe you just want to stroke each other and before bed and maybe, Mm -hmm. you you know, flirt more or whatever. So the things that you do automatically at the start of a relationship stop happening Mm -hmm. and without conversations and without constant check-ins, then that becomes the norm. Did the husband resent her once she said no. Was there any part of him that felt like, hey, wait a minute, I'm at a lack and this could really satisfy me. And now you're holding me back. I, I'm not aware that he did, but I suspect that he did. I think what he was missing was intimacy and feeling desired. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have language for that. And when she said no, I think that there was a feeling that that just means that now he's stuck in this space of, Right. Longing, even though he didn't really have a, a a real solid language for what he was feeling. Um, in their case, they were able to turn things around and by going to therapy and having conversations and being transparent, they were kind of able to get to the root of what was really going on. And both of them shifted behavior. But that's not always the case. That's mm-hmm. that's not typical. They that that was the exception. They're they're definitely not the rule. I want to go back to the cases that are typical, but first in her case, does she believe him each and every time he walks out the door? Does she ever have any doubt? I'm sure she does. She's not expressed that to me, but I'm sure she does. I think, you know, like it's kind of like one of those things, if it's ever happened, there's always this little voice in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that so far, he's done a good job of being transparent and keeping the lines of communication open and also not shutting her down when she expresses doubt. You know, oh, that's that, important, right? Not to say, oh, important. you're gaslighting her. Oh, exactly. Crazy. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Did she ever for one second think maybe he gets a hall pass and I get a hall pass? 
he presented it like it would be something they both oh. could do. Oh, you didn't say that part. Yeah. He presented it like he wasn't trying to be just selfish in his mind, in his, in his perfect scenario of the situation, it would have looked like whenever he's out of town or one of them is out of town, the, uh, they get hall passes. That's how he imagined. That's a different story. I thought it was just a hall pass for him, but if she gets one too, she didn't think for a minute. Yeah. That guy at you know the library he is kind of hot looking you know she had no inclination whatsoever i think it scared her too much i think it scared her too much it opens the pandora box yeah you Uh know like i think that the the idea that them both doing this thing i think made her feel like they would end up disconnected and was it only i'm assuming they're uh it's a heterosexual couple. I'm assuming they're yes. a heterosexual couple. Okay. Was there a hall pass for same sex encounters? Was it just a wide open door? Um, he didn't express that he wanted to do anything else. And I don't think she entertained it enough to even go there. Okay. <laughs> to get to those details. So you said that their result, the happy ending where they both go to therapy, they find fulfillment and they elect not to have the hall pass is atypical. What typically happens when one partner says to the other, I'd like the hall pass? I, in my experience, Mm -hmm. most of the time, the answer is no. And the relationship has almost never recovers. Never recovers because the person who's turned down feels resentful or never recovers because the person who was asked never feels up to snuff, never feels like they're enough. Um, I think a little of both. I think that there's often resentment on both sides. There's resentment from the person who is asked. They're resenting the fact that they're asked in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then the other person is resenting the fact that they're basically being told that they can't have this thing that they want. What are the typical hall pass rules? You don't tell me. I don't tell you. Only once a month. What typically are the foundations of that type of arrangement? Um, I think that, I think that it, you know, people have to kind of get specific about what's okay for them. So I will use my own relationship as an example. (gasps) Um, I am, I'm partnered and I'm, I've been in a monogamous season with my partner for a little bit over a year and a half, but we have a partnership agreement that does allow us to see other people if we choose to. Now, in our agreement, and this is a written agreement, so this is not just some verbal thing. A written agreement. A written agreement. Who developed the written agreement? Did you go to an attorney? We developed it together. We negotiated the terms together. Oh, I got to hear about this. Okay, now we're getting (laughs) somewhere. Okay. What What are the terms of your written agreement? So we are each, if we choose to, allowed to see other people. And like for me, like one of the things that was a really sticky point for me was at what point do you tell the other person that there's even a potential, right? And my answer to that was as soon as possible. I don't like, as soon as you think you're liking somebody, I want to know because I don't want to be blindsided like after you're about to set the dates or after you've gone on a few dates, you know what I mean? So I want to know as soon as possible, you know, whether or not you're interested in someone. Okay. And he agreed to that. Yes. Um, He agreed to that. And if you get to the point where you're like, I like this person, we're going to go on a date, then we, that's known. And if it, if it unfolds and you want. Wait, 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 I'm going to, excuse me for interrupting, but let's stop right there. Okay. So he comes in and says, I 
am starting to have some sort of sexual or intimate feelings about Beth. Yes. And I see her every day at work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm going to pursue her. And ultimately, I'd like to sleep with her. Mm -hmm. What is your state of mind every day when he walks out the door to go to work? Say hi to Beth. (laughs) Really? Yes. No jealousy. No, No, you know, the, because we, when we started and, and this is where my relationship is different than, than my friends is when we started, we each were ethically non-monogamous. And so we each were in other situations when we got together, like he was seeing someone, I was seeing someone and we were both honest with each other about that. And it was friendly. Then it's just like, oh, well, you were honest with each other, but did your respective partners know or were you? Yes, because we weren't. Neither of us were in exclusive relationships with the other people. Okay, so you have a background in a in a history. Okay, yes, but there there was an incident, which is how the partnership agreement came into play. Okay, let me hear this. Yes, there was there was there was someone that he started seeing that Mm -hmm. was. She said she presented herself as being okay. Um, because she had a history of being with people that had other partners and she seemed very ideal. In fact, I was excited in the beginning. I, she sounded perfect and she was interesting. And what made her perfect? What makes the perfect? Um, well, well because she, she understood how it worked. And so there, it wasn't like being, you know, it's not like being attracted to someone that you know is monogamous that doesn't have any kind of history or with this kind of arrangement she said that she preferred this kind of arrangement was she single yes okay he was single okay and over time though her behavior said different than what her mouth had said what was the behavior you know like leaving things and at his house and trying to take up more space and always like calling and texting when she knew he was out doing other things, even if he was with me, it was just, it was, it was complicated and it was messy and it was, it was, it was very stressful for our relationship. And at no point though. Wait, why was it stressful? Why didn't he just tell her goodbye? Well, I think that he thought it could work. And at no point would I, did I, or would I have ever said, you need to break up with this person. You need to not see. Why not? Why would you not say that? Because from what you're telling me, it was anxiety ridden. Oh my God. So that's an understatement. It was, yes. Okay. It's brutal, right? Yes. You're suffering. Yes. Why wouldn't you say she's got to go? What? Because that wasn't think? my decision to make because I am not going to police any relationship that he has. Okay. And why so don't you what, leave? Well, that was the thing. Like I got to the place where I was like, I'm never going to ask you to not, you know, be friends with her or not engage with her. I will, however, choose to opt out because it doesn't feel good for me. And that was the place that that's the place that I got to that. I was just like, I can't do this. This doesn't feel good to me. And so I'm not asking you to stop. I'm telling you, I can no longer participate. And he ultimately, then he made a decision for himself and the relationship dissolved. But I never, and that wasn't an ultimatum. It was like, this is what I can no longer do. You do whatever you want to do, but this is what I can't do anymore. Oh, be as sincere with me as you possibly can be. Was there not a small percentage of manipulation in that statement? I'm going to leave. No, 
not it, although it wasn't an explicit ultimatum, there was no essence of manipulation. No, I genuinely was just trying to take good care of myself. Okay. And up up to that point, while I was very stressed out about it. How long was the stressed out part going on? Oh, like three or four months. It was, it oh. was yeah, it was. And during the three or four months that it was going on, the other partner was continuing to leave, I don't know, underwear in the bed, clothes in the closet, leaving traces of herself. Oh, yeah. And there were there were ongoing conversations, but I think that there wasn't a good she didn't have relationship with boundaries. And while, you know, and well, did you, she have to sign the agreement? There's a question no, for you. No. Oh, so the agreement's between the two of you, but you don't yes. have an agreement written. I'm I, I'm sorry. I think it's so just wild and wonderful that you're sitting down and having this agreement. <laughs> um, the, if the other parties involved aren't privy to it, then how does that work? Well, it's kind of like, you know, like the commitment is between the two of us. And so our responsibility to our relationship uh-huh. and to each other is to, is to be transparent with other people that this is, this is my primary partner. And these are the guidelines of our relationship. And by entering into something with me, you're, you're, I'm asking you're subject you to, to that. It. Mm-hmm. and if you don't, that's okay because you don't have to, but I have to. And so there are things that I'm not going to do because I have this agreement with this person. Mm-hmm. Was that the only time that you had anxiety about another partner? Well, we hadn't, we didn't have an agreement before that. We were just, it was kind of just a verbal agreement. Okay. And so that situation is what led us to decide, like, let's have some guidelines. So, cause if, if there was a lot of gray area and part of it was because there was no agreement and, you know, it's kind of, it's not, it's not different than marriage vows, but that's one of the things about untraditional relationships is that there's a lot more communication and because marriage and, you know, um, one-on-one partnerships has been the norm. People, people say those vows and they declare it in front of an audience and then they never revisit unless they, unless they decide to renew their vows, but then it's performative. They're not well, checking I'm gonna, in to be like, uh-huh. I'm following these guidelines that we set out in our relationship. On an emotional level, yes, but on a legal level, no, right? In the marriage, you've got the state behind you. The person acts in a way that's untoward. You're going to go to the state and you're going to have a legal basis to represent your best interest. That's a big Yes, point. but that has nothing to do with your heart. The state doesn't care about your heart. It cares about your purse. Like, <laughs> yeah, Well, and some people might care about their purse more than the other person. Exactly. But I do exactly. think that there, that is a, an important distinction. Um, well, I, I, I think so. I think, but again, like, the paperwork is not the part that makes the relationship makes or breaks the relationship. Your paperwork does. Well, that's, but that's, that's the difference is, and I'm not saying it's better, just different. Yeah. The difference is, is there is a revisiting, like these are the things that we set out. And, and because we aren't married, this is, this is an optional agreement, right? Like, Right. And we don't have to go to a third party to get out of this agreement, but we're checking in like, you know, it's like, okay, let's revisit. You know, are there some, is there some things that have changed, you know, are there some things that need to be modified? What are the repercussions if you break the agreement, right? So if I'm married and you break the agreement, I have legal repercussions. What are the repercussions in a non-legal agreement such as your own? 
Well, you know, if there's some parts that aren't being adhered to, then yeah. first there's a conversation, which I hope in, in marriage there is too, right? Before no. you go to a lawyer, like, let's talk about it. Yes. So yes. so there's right. a, there's a conversation. Of course, if there is an ongoing thing, mm-hmm. then then what you're saying to me is that you don't respect what we agreed to. What did you agree to beyond what we discussed? Well, I didn't even really get to that. What were the five basic tenets of the agreement? Well, um, well, for sexuality purposes, like testing. So you can't sleep with someone without, without both people being tested and without showing tests. So don't, I don't want to hear that. Oh, well, she said she got tested and she was clean. Mm -mm. Did you see the results? Like you need to see the results. Okay. And vice versa. And there always need, there's no, um, the condoms are important, but testing is, is not to eliminate the use of condoms. Condoms are part of the deal. Um, no so condoms are optional or no condoms okay. are not optional. Okay. Um, no sleepovers. So you can be together, but you can't wake up in the bed with the person. Why not? <laughs> um, that is sleeping with someone is intimate to me. Okay. You know, like I'm going to be unconscious with somebody that I don't know and you're going to be in my house or I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Like that's very intimate to me. Okay. And so so wait, I want to hear in the agreement. Does that mean 3 a.m., 4 a.m.? What's the time? There's got to be a time limit. Um, No, there's no time. You don't wake up over there. Don't go, don't fall asleep and wake up someplace else. Okay. Suppose <laughs> you fall asleep, but it's four o'clock in the morning, you get up and you race out. Are you, was that a accepted behavior or not? Well, it depends on the, the, on what was going on. Like if you were drinking, right. Then, okay. Oh. I wouldn't want you to drive drunk. Right. You know, well said, Stacey. Right. You're right. Absolutely. You know, so then, then you alcohol get a- is sometimes a part of a thing when you, when you're on a date or something. So, so, so then you would get a pass and you could sleep over if you had been drinking or yes. smoking weed or something like that. Yes. Okay. All right. So what else do you have? So it's the no sleepovers. I love the testing. Good for you. What else? Um, there's also a three strike rule. So if you, cause you asked about the, the ramifications. So yes. if, if you are with someone and they continuously violate things that are in our agreement that you've stated, cause that also means that you have to be very communicative about where the lines are with the other person. If you or the other person has violated something three times, then, then three strikes you're out. What is your intended future with this person? Do you intend to remain in this type of relationship with them or is there some sort of end game? Um, I don't imagine my future without him in it. I don't plan to get married though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but I don't imagine like not being with him. And while our agreement has been in place, neither of us has saw another person for a year and a half. So- Why are you so adamant that you wouldn't get married? Oh, I've been married and I'm not interested in that. Because? Um, I just don't feel a need for it. You know, like, um, why? I don't need the paperwork to confirm my love for someone. And I also feel like, like, I like the life that I have now and that, you know, that can change. But um, I feel like a commitment, I don't need necessarily to have a legal backing for for a commitment to my partner. What about children? Do you and your partner feel like you'd have a 
family with children at some point? Um, not together. He has children. He has adult children, and I have an adult child. My daughter's twenty-seven. Oh, okay. So no babies. I'm finished with okay. that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've had uh, but that. but our our relationship works really well. You know, like we don't live together. Um, I spend part of the week at his ha- his place, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I like having, I like coming home and having space. I don't know if that'll always be true. We talk sometimes when we're not together. So like he dropped me off yesterday afternoon. We might text, but we might not say a single word. We might not have a phone call. We don't need to talk all the time. Mm -hmm. And you don't ask why you're not getting the phone call. Oh, because right. You have the written agreement. He would say, I'm with Beth. Yes. I mean, and he, he, you know, he has a, his, one of his best friends is a woman. They are not romantically linked and haven't been, but he, they use, I think they go, I think they're having dinner tonight. They see each other all the time. It never occurs to me that there's something to be suspicious of in that situation. Is she single? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, but I, I trust him. I, I, this is, well, let me explain how I feel about trust though. Okay. I don't have a blanket trust. Like I trust that you're never going to do X, Y, and Z. Right. What's X, Y, and Z? Cheating. Yes. I trust him that if I bring up something that makes him uncomfortable, say I do question, you know, a woman that called him. Okay. Yeah. Let's, and this is hypothetical, but say there, you know, there's a woman that, Maybe I don't know that or that I'm uncomfortable with that that okay. has been calling him. Okay. And I bring it up. Okay. I I trust that his knee-jerk reaction will will to be not to not, to not be transparent. To and not be transparent. To not be transparent. But that's not a good thing. Well, let me well Part of that is his social conditioning because, and I think a lot of people have this conditioning, is when you ask something, their knee-jerk reaction is to self-preserve and to tell you what you want to hear. Okay, tr- so let's let's make it specific. There's a woman, this best friend, suddenly she starts rubbing you the wrong way and you say, let's call her Beth again. Beth, she's rubbing me the wrong way. Is something going on? You feel like whether there is or isn't, his knee-jerk reaction is going to be, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yes. Despite the written agreement. I think that when, when I say, when you say, even if nothing's going on, I think that if he, if something was actually going on, he would tell me. But if the only thing that's going on is A his desire. feelings have changed and he's having desire for her, mm-hmm. his knee jerk reaction would be to be like, no, it's not. And how do you feel about that? Do you think that's fair or that's breaking the written agreement? Um, I think it's fair because mm-hmm. that is how he's been conditioned. I trust that your your instinct will be to self-preserve. And sometimes that looks like lying. I also trust that I'm going to know the difference because I know my lie detector is pretty, uh, <laughs> right. pretty sharp, right? Sharp. Okay. So, so I trust that. And so, but I also trust that he is always going to be open to having conversations that he will be with the discomfort of that kind of conversation with me. Now, I think that you're comfortable with this because you are at a certain stage in life, right? You, you're not looking to have young children. You've done the married thing. He's done the married thing. You both have had children. Do you think that that's why it's more prone to working? Could this arrangement work for me if I'm 26 and I've never been married? I think that it could. Um, however, the, the, 
the footnote to that Mm -hmm. is I think that it requires copious amounts of self-reflection. And it also requires communication. And we don't learn how to really do that. Like the examples of relationships that we have growing up, we grow up to model those, which are usually not, you know, conducive to healthy relationshiping at first. (laughs) So we see when our mother is kind of giving our dad the cold shoulder. Yes. You know, we recognize when our father's yes. spending way more time in the garage than in the house. You yes. know what I mean? So we yes. don't get yes. them these explicit things, but we pick up on these cues and then we perform those behaviors in our relationship because that's what we know. So let's go back to why this doesn't work for most people. That's what um, we want to end up with this. Why doesn't it work for most people according to you? I don't know. I'm just, you know, responding to what you've said as a relationship coach. um, I think that the reason it doesn't work, and I'm not implying that this is the right relationship style for everybody, but I think that the reason that it can't work for a lot of people is because our worth is so tied into our partner's behaviors. We, when, when someone says, you know, I, I want to have hall pass, I, when I'm, when I'm away from you, I just, if something comes up, I, I would like to be able to, to do that. What we hear is I'm not good enough. And, and I'm not one that could take the hall pass. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I have issues of self esteem. Never took the official, official evaluation, but I feel very secure in who I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm not someone that could live with the hall pass. Well, I, and th- and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Because I think that some people are inherently prone to monogamy. I don't think everyone is, though. I'm not necessarily prone to monogamy, but I don't know if I could sanction a hall pass. Yeah, and I my mind's going to start seeing the person in the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to want to be sexual or intimate with them. And then I'm going to feel apprehensive that they were with someone else, not because I'm questioning my own abilities, but I just, I I don't, I think maybe it's my, I'm conditioned in a certain way of thinking. I don't. Totally. We are conditioned, but our romantic relationships are the only relationships that we require such a stringent level of exclusivity. You don't say to your friend, you can't have any other friends, just me. You don't say if you have multiple kids, I only can have one. You can't, I can't have more than one kid because you know what I mean? That's the only relationship that we require this stringent level of exclusivity in. And, but then we have to unpack, like, why is that? Well, I think for practical reasons, that's why I asked you about the 26 year old, especially Mm -hmm. a woman. I'm 26. I'm home with three children under the age of four and you're out hall passing. Like the practicality of that Mm -hmm. could be so incredibly burdensome, right? Financially, Mm -hmm. not all people are going to have, you know, that discretionary income for the hall pass person. So I'm home with the three kids under five doing the job of two people and you're taking money that we don't have to entertain your hall pass. Now Mm -hmm. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are times or modes in life when it's just less practicable. Absolutely. But there are also times when monogamy might be less practical too. My last question will be about your friends. I asked you about your mom. 
Do any of your friends look at you and say, Stacy, how can you let him treat you this way? How can you let him be with other people? Because particularly of a certain age, we tend to see men and women differently in relationships. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of pushback? Oh, yeah. That respond Um, to you that way? Absolutely. The majority of the people in my life do not subscribe to my relationship style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm honest about it when people ask. Um, my mom hasn't ever pushed back. I think she finds it curious, but she's never given her opinion one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm transparent about that. But I, ha- I have several friends um, that are like, how could you like, you know, why are you OK with that? You know, and those, but those same friends are like, oh, my God, like your partner's so wonderful. And he does, you know, he's he's a great partner, you know, and it's just like, well this is, this is what works for us. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not at all saying that, you know, this is what everybody should be doing because it's not for everyone. You know, and you don't have a, you don't have difficulty withstanding all that sort of counter dialogue that's saying you should be monogamous. You should be monogamous. You're able to withstand those mm-hmm. comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that it doesn't matter what your relationship style. Everybody has an opinion and everybody thinks they yeah, know about, but what's right. better what's happening in your bedroom, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everybody yeah. thinks like, it's yes. like parenting. Like everybody yeah. thinks that they could handle the, your kid better than you can. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I understand people's opinions and I'm open to having discussions about it. Like I've yes, clearly great conversations yeah. related to this, you know, any kind of relationship style. And, and I'm just very clear, like, this is what works for me. And I'm also not saying that this will always work for me. You know, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Like, you know what I mean? This is what works right now. And it's also true that we have this agreement and neither of us has acted on it since we've actually put it on paper. Neither one of us has done anything. Uh-huh. But, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm also not going to say like, I'm not going to declare that I'm monogamous. That's why I'm like, I'm in a monogamous season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Right, you did well, maybe yeah, you come back know. in six months and let me see if they're, what the update is. Okay. <laughs> you can hear my tone is a little skeptical. I'm not even trying to hide it, but no, no, that's I, okay. And right, I, but it. I, it's skeptical, but I have utter and total respect for your decision making. Right. Absolutely. I would never say to you it's wrong or judge it. I'm just saying from an outside perspective, I'm like, let's see what happens six fr- months from now when you're even more in love. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Or if he opens the door to your house and you're in bed with someone else and he witnesses, I just feel like there are scenarios that could be. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know what? And, and, and if I am sneaking and creeping, whatever the, whatever the, the consequences of that are, I deserve it. (laughs) Easier said though, but you're madly in love with him. I keep going back to this. You're madly in love with him and he walks in and finds you in bed with another guy. And you forgot to tell him you were going to tell him after it happened and he blows you off. You're not going to say to yourself, oh, I deserve this. You're going to be heartbroken, aren't you? Oh, for sure. I will be heartbroken. And, you know, like with everything, there's a consequence for every action. You know what I mean? And who knows? Um, I hope that that doesn't happen, you know, but if it does, then we'll have to navigate that. And, and, and if, if something comes up, and it just is too much for either one of us and, and the other person just decides like I'm done and I don't want to talk about it, right. then then I'll have to grieve that. Mm-hmm. You know? 
I mean, because because that's true in any relationship, because sometimes you don't know, like something happens, you're like, might not even seem like that big of a deal to you. But to the other person, it's the world and they just won't talk to you anymore. So um, this is the time to pitch yourself. Tell us how we can find you as a coach and about your books and other uh, endeavors that you have. Um, My website is StacyHerrera.com. Um, I write a ton on Medium. I actually just started a Substack that's doing really well called Sex in Real Life. So okay. Sex IRL um, at Substack and where I, where I talk about like sexuality and, and different facets of sexuality from a real life perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, my, I have a few books out, but the most popular book I have is called How to Give Amazing Head. And it's available on Amazon oh. and Barnes and Noble and Scribed and. And is um, it really Apple about. Books. Oral sex, or is that yes. a euphemism for something else? Okay. No, it's really, yeah, it's really about oral sex. Um, it's okay. It's we can't practical. leave without giving us three tips. Go. What are the three top tips for oral sex? Correct. Um, well, fellatio relax. because it's head. So yes. it's, okay. relax your jaw. Relax okay. your jaw. Okay. That is just not a great thing to to be tense at any because your tension translates to the other person. Okay. Um, to not focus on one particular point. You know, kind of, you know, if, if the person is responding to something, then stay there. Right. But, you know, try to, to switch it up. (laughs) Yeah. Because that helps you to not get sore in your mouth, but it also helps the other person experience stimulation and also use your hand, you know, like we have this idea that we need to be using our mouth all the time, which is what makes people tired, but you can actually be using your hand to stroke the shaft and everything at the same time. Okay, well, that's a that's a must buy for Christmas. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacey Herrera, for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank Me you for too. coming on to Cheating When Love Lies. Thank you for listening to Cheating When Love Lies. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and share. And I always love to hear from you at jillianhamilton.online. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.